stories from around the world of sports. Remember to tune in every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9, only on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, or online at kcou.fm. You don't want to miss it. Oh, this is absolutely ridiculous. On the next edition of Mizzou Football on KCOU 88.1 FM, the Tigers head to Tuscaloosa for a matchup with the number one ranked and undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide. Tiger pregame live presented by El Rancho begins at 6 p.m. Central and kickoff is set for 7 p.m. Don't miss the Tigers and the Tide this Saturday, October 13th on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. KCOU is the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. You're listening to 88.1 KCOU Columbia. recording in the basement of Kramer Hall to becoming one of the most respected brands in all of student media. You are listening to KCLU Columbia 88.1 FM, a free service of MSA GPC. And welcome, welcome, welcome to KNC Sports here on this beautiful Tuesday morning on 88.1 FM, Columbia, KCOU. Hope you are having a wonderful morning. Thanks for joining us on this great day. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Cole Tusing. Cole, how you doing? I'm doing great, and this is a big weekend. Not only in the MLB, the postseason, there's also the M- NBA pre preseason excuse me the nhl preseason started well, college fo- nhl's in regular season buddy oh, regular season um college football games and especially since we are at the great campus of university of missouri a big game for the tigers this weekend after they dropped a two-point loss unfortunately to the south carolina gamecocks they're now heading for homecoming game against the number one ranked alabama crimson tide yep yep alabama's homecoming um so we're in tuscaloosa um, for this weekend, um, I'm I'm scared. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about why I'm scared as the show goes on. We'll also be talking, of course, about the uh, the postseason. The Astros able to sweep the Indians yesterday. We'll break that down a little bit. Um, but other than that, um, you know, yeah, we have a great show for you. So stay tuned after the break. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you must use a chainsaw, follow the instructions to be safe. Wear a hard hat, safety glasses, earplugs, thick work gloves, chaps, and boots. 
always hold the saw at waist level or below and make sure that others remain far away. Stop! Stop! If you are cut, put direct pressure on the wound to stop bleeding and get medical help as soon as possible. To learn more, call the CDC at 800-CDC-INFO. Listen to the cast every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and streaming worldwide on KCOU.FM. We're talking Mizzou football, Mizzou basketball, and all things sports. If you want sports, you'll find it every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. It's the cast, the Colton Anderson Sports Talk with David Koontz on KCOU. Welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. We're online at KCOU.FM. You can listen wherever you are as long as you have some sort of device that accesses the uh, the Internet, which uh, for most people, I, I think everyone has that kind of device nowadays. Um, but so, Cole... Let's start off with a wild weekend of college football, if I do say so myself. We had a couple of, yeah, a couple of huge upsets uh, just for the teams in the top twenty-five. Of course, the uh, the, the fighting Texas Aggies getting the twenty to fourteen win over number thirteen ranked Kentucky. That was that was a big one, Florida. Number 22, getting the upset over LSU, 27-19 to on a night where Tim Tebow had his name inducted into the Florida Ring of Honor. And then, of course, what I believe is probably the uh, biggest one of the week. Um, te- Texas is back. You are right about that. Texas is back. They went on the road to Oklahoma, number seven ranked Oklahoma, and they won 48 to 45. Like, Texas is a great football team. I have to admit that because USC Trojans came into their house and absolutely got obliterated. So I have to say that Texas is a great football team, but no, they've got a great group of guys and. You know, beating Oklahoma in Oklahoma, that's a huge rivalry. So that does great things for the program, not only this it's, year, but years to come. It's 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 absolutely enormous. And, and, and you know, this I don't know how much it translates for you, how just, just monumental this was. But, like, you know, as, as someone who, you know, grew up in Texas, you know, my, my grandparents were both, uh, both Longhorns. I have so many friends who you know, grew up as Longhorns and wound up at the University of Texas. I have so many friends at that school. Um, so I've gotten the whole, the full, the full front of all of the celebrations, all of the, you know, all the memes, all the jokes, all the, you know, laughing and crying and, you know, screaming and shouting. And it is absolutely insane. The fact that UT was able to pull this off. Because, you know, going in, frankly, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that the Sooners would win this football game. I mean, OU, you know, they were last year when they had Baker Mayfield, and some would argue they still are, or, you know, were. They're they're not anymore. Um, They were in the conversation 
for the college football playoff. You know, you and usually usually the 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 team that wins the Big Twelve usually is in conversation for the for the college football playoff. But OU more than more than most teams. You know. Now with with this win, UT goes up and goes up to number nine in the ranks. Um, they they have a pretty they have a pretty solid shot um, of winning the Big Twelve. Um, West Virginia has to slip up. West Virginia is three and zero in conference, and they're still undefeated in regular play. Um, this weekend, I believe, was their bye week. Um, UT, I think, if they can, if and they have a they have a good shot of doing this. If if they win out, if they win and go undefeated for the rest of the year, right? I would not be absolutely stunned if the Longhorns made it into the college football playoff. That's gonna be interesting. But West Virginia it was not their bye week. They went on. That had a game at home against KU and they won thirty eight to twenty two, but uh, that's so, considered so a bye they, week, honestly. Yeah, honestly, their their record is five and zero. Oh, well, whereas UT sits at five and one, which is why I thought that they were on bye week. So, but let's let's break down the Longhorns' schedule right now. They play Baylor at home. Um, I believe that's this weekend, um, and then they have a bye week. And then on the 27th, they go away to Stillwater to play the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. That's always a tough one. Oklahoma State is, you know, they might be 4-2 and two right now, 1-2 and two in the Big 12. But you cannot sleep on Oklahoma State. They, they have a team. You know, they're good. Then they play West Virginia, who's ranked number 6 right now. Mountaineers doing some work. That one's at home, though. I think I think UT has a better chance of beating West Virginia at home. So I, I honestly I picked the Longhorns in that one, despite West Virginia having the better record right now. Um, then they're on the road in Lubbock to play Texas Tech. Texas Tech sucks. I'll I'll stand by that. Uh, then it's at home against Iowa State. And then they go into they go into the the state of Kansas to play the mythical bird known as the Jayhawks, um, which will be a win because Kansas sucks. Um, but so I I think there's a very strong chance that UT wins out this season. They're already ranked nine. If you if you go undefeated the rest of the year, win the Big Twelve, right? Then wouldn't in theory I I, I don't want to you know, I don't want push stuff. But don't you think that if you win out and win the Big 12, you probably are going to make it into the college football playoff? Well, it depends on what other conferences like the SEC, the Pac-12. Well, the, the Big- SEC is going to get the SEC is going to get Alabama. Uh, Alabama is going to win the national championship. They're going to go undefeated. I've already I've already established this. Um, I think that the the one the one piece of you know the one fearful you know fearful part of things was LSU in the S- in the SEC there was talk that that um both Bama and LSU would make it in but LSU just got whooped by Florida so there's there's you know I I I don't see LSU making the college football playoff anymore I think Ohio State makes it out of the Big 10 I I know Bama makes it that's a that's a foregone conclusion Clemson's still undefeated. They're definitely the weakest of that top four, but they are still undefeated. So they, as long as they keep it that way, they'll probably go through. 
right? So what what stops UT from going in? Well, you have to consider there's a lot of teams, you know, still up for the college football playoff, and there's still you know many weeks of college football play. You have Notre Dame who is up for a college football playoff bid. Yeah, they're up in they're they're up at number five. Georgia's in number two. You might not be able to shake Georgia. That might be the one thing that stops UT is Georgia. Um, Washington's at five and one. They're a strong school. Penn State is is ranked number eight. They're four and one. So I think UT's got a great program. They definitely got a good shot about making the college football playoff. My question is, who would they play in the Big 12 championship? Would they play Oklahoma? Would they play West Virginia? It's it's going to be probably West Virginia at this point. I I don't see. I see what I see. The only game that West Virginia drops is probably going to be against Tech. Is probably going to be against Texas. West Virginia plays the Iowa State Cyclones in Iowa, but. Iowa State's not good. Then you play Baylor at home. Baylor sucks. UT in Austin, which is probably going to be a win for Texas, right? You play TCU at home. TCU is not what they used to be. You play Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Oklahoma State will be a challenge, but West Virginia can win. And then you have Oklahoma at home, right? Once again, I think the home team is probably favored Especially this situation with with West Virginia probably coming in to probably coming into their final game of the season as a one loss team, that one loss coming to UT, they'll have had two games to get their momentum back. They'll have, you know beat up on TCU and then you know beaten Oklahoma State. I think if you're playing OU at home, you're probably going to win it if you're West Virginia. So that that puts UT versus West Virginia for the uh, for for the conference. I I'm not sure if the Big Twelve has a title game anymore. I know at one point they didn't. You just had co champions and it was stupid. Um, they may they may have changed that. Um, yes. So they do now. They they do have a Big Twelve championship game. At one point they didn't. Um, you just had co-champions, and it was weird. And that was that was one of the things that that people were saying hindered the Big Twelve from getting teams into the college football playoff. Now, one question I have about the college football playoff is, it seems to be that conference champion the title doesn't matter. As well as you think it is for the college football playoff. Cause I agree. I agree. The past few years, there's been conference champions who deserve to be in the college football playoff, but didn't get in. Yeah, and you're and you're right. Um, and I think uh, was it OU that had to deal with that a couple years ago? It was Penn State two years ago. It was Ohio State last year. I think OU was in it one year. I, I believe o, I believe OU won the Big Twelve one year and missed out because I remember that was the year that they said. Well, it was, you know, you were co-champions with someone else. You didn't have a title game, and that's what hurt it. And that's when the Big 12 was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to have a title game. Um, but, but no, you're right. Um, and I think, I think this, uh, this might, this honestly, we were talking about this, I think, last week. Uh, our, our idea of fixing the college football playoff, and I think, what what my idea was, and I'll re, I'll restate it, and I'll see what you think about it, Cole. Um, conference champions, 
from from every conference, not just the Power Five. I'm talking, you know, from American the American Athletic Conference, from, from the SEC down to the Sun Belt. Um, if you're a D1 school, if you win your conference as a D1 school, you you make it in, right? Then you seed things, right? You, you seed stuff by record. If tied on record, then you know, then then you have the committee, right? And then you play March Madness style until you know you get a national champion. This this provides a a chance for upsets, right? You know, Lord above knows that some some punk rock kid from the Sun Belt could go out and torch an SEC school, and we would never expect it, right? This also provides, frankly, more quality football because each one of these teams has something to play for. They know that it's do or die, and if they screw up once, that is their season, right? They are dunskies. Then, also, the teams that didn't win their conference, right, are playing in bowl games that have meaningful marquee matchups, right? But, you know, no longer will we have, you know, the, the champion of the Sun Belt playing, you know, Iowa, Iowa State in the Idaho Potato, in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Right? No one cares, frankly. Instead, that champion of the Sun Belt is playing the champion of the SEC in a be in a in a in a playoff bowl, right? And then you get actual teams that matter, like, you know, A and M versus, you know, heck, UT, you know? Right, and you know, provided UT doesn't win the Big Twelve and it goes to West Virginia, then you have A and M versus UT. Right, it's it's more meaningful games that people actually want to watch, and then the actual college football playoff is contended by teams who have already won something and truly deserve to be in there. I think that's fair to say because, like, here's how you can. We did talk about this either last week or a few weeks ago, but to reiterate what we were saying before of how you couldn't do a March Madness, plus you could reduce the regular season to, I wouldn't say not just like conference games, but like get rid of like the divisional, like even like the non-conference, like Cupcake Week One. Get rid of that game and, you know. Get rid, get, if, you're, if you're worried about game density, get rid of Cupcake games and, you know, if, you, if you're really stretching it, only play games in your division. I mean that's that's what happens already. A, a standard college football season, right? You play about four non-con games, right? Two in your conference, but not not in your division, and then the rest you play against your division. You know. So who's to say we don't just cut out the cupcake school games, right? Because no one really wants to watch that. Un- unless you're an App State fan and you're playing Michigan. You know, no one no one cares. So to cut those out, yes, conference games, but non-division games, like conference but non-division games are fun. Um, that's, you know, that's that's where we get A&M versus Arkansas. Right? And those are, that's fun. But you don't necessarily need them. 
like maybe like maybe you have protected rivalries. So like if 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 you know A and M V Arkansas is one of those things where like ah uh, you know maybe, right? But other than that, like you know I I don't want to watch because because usually it's usually it's one team playing Bama and getting their butts whooped, right? You know what? I really don't want to see Alabama kick everybody's butt on their way to another national championship. I want to see them play division teams. I want to see them play the Iron Bowl. You know. So, I think you know it's it's it would take some serious hammering out. But I think that there is there is a framework with which the NCAA can work with to create something that is good, right? Because currently, with the way the the way that the college football playoff is laid out right now. If you if we're just going off of, of the rankings currently, the Pac-12 champion would not make it in. The um the Big 12 champion would not make it in. The uh let's see um you'd have two SEC schools making it in. You'd have you'd have the Big 10 champion make it in. Whoop de doo. Um the and then also just the way that the way that things are structured and the way we, we consider power five and what that means and what it means to have a strong conference and a weak conference, the champion of the American Athletic will never make it. I guarantee you, as long as I live, that nobody from that conference will ever play in the college football playoff, right? Nobody from the MAC will ever make it. Nobody from the Mountain West will ever make it. No one from the CUSA will ever make it. No one from the Sun Belt will ever make it because we've just decided that based on how teams and things are aligned, right, that apparently only teams from the ACC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, SEC, and rarely the Pac-12 as we've seen lately, right, and rarely the Big Twelve, as we see lately, right? And you know, you know, unless your name is Notre Dame, if you're not part of those conferences, you will never make it in. And frankly, that's unfair to teams like UCF, right? It's unfair to teams like Boise State or Wyoming or you know, teams that bust their bums and are never going to make it in. That's my that's my little that's my little thought for for the college football playoff. Um, after the break, we'll come back and talk about professional football. So stay tuned. Sixteen semesters and eight years ago, our forefathers brought upon KCOU a new sports talk show. Salute your sports. Join me, Chris Mitchell, along with James Stanley and Matthew Terry every Wednesday afternoon from four to five on KCOU eighty-eight point one FM Columbia and online at KCOU.fm. You can check us out on Twitter as well at KCOU Salute. Salute Your Sports is the only Mizzou-centered sports talk show on the KCOU airwaves. Don't miss out on the action. The station design with the student voice in mind. KCOU-FM. They said drugs would make you cool. Oh, go in my room. Hey, you no, 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 no,
There's a lot of other games. The Titans lost the Bills by one point, twelve to thirteen. You have the Rams beating the Seahawks by two, thirty-three to thirty-one. Your Texans beat the Cowboys. Second overtime win in the like in a row. Like we that's two that's two overtime wins in in two weeks. Drew Brees is now the all-time leading passer in the history of the NFL as the Saints absolutely torched the Redskins. On Columbus Day, um, I, I found it funny, and we can we can go into it later. Uh, teams that have uh, that have Native American themed mascots that some might find offensive, right? Um, like the, the the Cleveland Indians, the Atlanta Braves, and the Washington Redskins, right? On Columbus Day, all three of those teams lost. I, I just interesting fact, you know. Don't 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 be don't have a Native American team name on Columbus Day, or apparently you will lose. Um, besides, I, I found that interesting. The Rams are now five and zero. This I and, and so are the, the the Chiefs are the Chiefs are now five and zero. So I think the question that we need to start off with for this day for this this morning of of NFL football, I think what we need to start off with is. Are the Chiefs and the Rams the real deal? Let's see. The Chiefs. The Chiefs this week, I mean last week, excuse me, um, played against the Jaguars in Kansas City and won 30 to 14. And And how much of that game did you watch? Not much, to be honest, but I saw the highlights. Okay, so I watched most of that game because it was it was on in, in the lobby in my in my dorm, and I just, you know, I was on the couch and I, you know, laid down on the couch, took a nap, and watched the Chiefs game. And, oh my word, this Chiefs team, the offense was not strong, okay? Patty Mahomes did not have the kind of game that he has had lately. 
But do you, you want to know something interesting about that? What's interesting about the Chiefs? It didn't matter. This is this is what's got me this is what's got me excited for Kansas City football this season. I watched a football game where the offense really didn't have that good a game. Frankly, Patty Mahomes has done much better in previous weeks, especially last week he had that crazy big drive and uh, I believe it was against the the Broncos they played last week. I believe it was the Broncos. Um and he led that game that game winning drive at the end and really, you know, you made it was is Cincinnati. No. It was. It was it was in Denver against the Broncos. And he, he drove down the field and he and he made you know, he made Denver scared and he proved that he was the, the future of this franchise, right? Patrick Mahomes did that. And then this week against arguably an uh, you know, a superior team in Jacksonville, right? So it's expected against a, a defense that is frankly much better, right? He doesn't have that good a game to be expected. Jacksonville is a great team. You're not. It's going to be hard to put up numbers against a Jacksonville defense, right? They call them Saxonville for a reason. And despite that, the Chiefs' defense stepped up. They got... You know, they got points. They got interceptions when they needed to. Some of that could be put on Blake Bortles for being a crappy quarterback. But in the end, the Chiefs won. And it's got me hyped for Kansas City. And not only, you bring up before of how the offense of the Chiefs didn't really play well against the great defense of the Jaguars. And I don't know if you know this, but Tyreek Hill only had one reception the entire game against Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. And when you talk about the Chiefs, they start off in the second half up twenty to zero and just completely led the way after that. Yeah, it, it was it was honestly like after halftime. I'm, just, I'm watching this game, and after halftime, it was like, well, I guess we're just you know, it's it's over. There's there's no real there's no real things we have to worry about here, you know, like the the reading the leading the leading you know guy in reception yards for the Jags was Dante Moncrief. He had six catches for 76 yards on 15 targets. TJ Yeldon, as you mentioned, eight receptions, 69 yards with one touchdown. But that was their only receiving touchdown of the whole game. Their other touchdown came off Blake Bortles going on a little bit of a run and scoring on him by himself. You know, which you don't see Blake Bortles as the most mo- mobile of quarterbacks. When you think mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, you think Russell Wilson, you think, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, to a, to an extent you think Cam Newton, right? You don't think of Blake Bortles as being that guy, and he isn't. Um, But then you look at Patrick Mahomes had no passing touchdowns. He had no passing touchdowns. The Chiefs' offense scored twice. Kareem Hunt and Patrick Mahomes ran it in by themselves for 14 points, right? The, those were the Chiefs' touchdowns. Do you know where the rest of their points came from? How do you go from 14 to 30 and only kick, you know, you don't even kick too many field goals, right? How do you do that? That chalks up to the defense command turnovers. Yes. The Chiefs were stellar defensively. The, the Chiefs, they had defensive linemen return an interception for a touchdown. It was 
crazy to watch. It was just awesome, right? You know, Blake Bortles is sitting back in the pocket, slings it, and then suddenly it's it's yoinked, and and down the field they go for a touchdown for Kansas City. Like, just it was it it was fun to watch. Not not only was it good football from the Chiefs, it was fun to watch football, and that's something that Kansas. That's something that the Kansas City fans need. You know, we haven't seen a fun to watch Chiefs team in a while, right? I don't. I honestly, I don't remember the last time that I was watching a Chiefs game and I legitimately thought, "Wow, this is fun," right? But I watched that game. And even when the Chiefs were winning by, you know, 10 at what, or something like that at one point, I still watched. I was like, this is still interesting. And I never once had the thought in my mind that Jacksonville was going to come back. That's how good the Chiefs' defense was. It wasn't like some games where you're like, oh, maybe, maybe the other team still has a chance. No, not at all. The Jags had no chance, and the Chiefs just kept piling it on. Well, let me ask you a question when you're talking about this early discussion now. Are the Chiefs and the Rams legit? We're talking about the Rams, but yes, the Chiefs did uh, play stellar football, and I'm not arguing that. But you have to you have to consider that it's pretty early on in the season. Plus, the Jaguars were without Allen Robinson, so they didn't have much of a receiving core. Plus, Leonard Fournette is out with injury. Yeah. I, so, I, the offense for Jacksonville, kind of lackluster, but it was still a great win for Kansas City. Yes, it was a lackluster offense. You're correct. But I don't think those guys would have made a difference. The Kansas City Chiefs got their stops at the line. They got their interceptions at the line. They forced the they forced the bad plays at the line, right? So, it really doesn't matter. Like. Could Fournette have helped? Yes. I think Fournette probably would have made a, a serious difference. But in terms of receiving core, I don't think anything would have changed. Uh, but let's let's move to the other team that I'm hyped about, and I'm sure you are too. I want to know if the Rams are the real deal. 5-0 and Rams. They are, you know, racking up numbers like no one else. They lead the NFL in yards. They're second in the NFL in points per game, second in the NFL in passing yards, eighth in rushing. So what what, you know what's gonna happen here? Do you think do you think that the, the Los Angeles Rams could go all the way? It's definitely impossible with Jared Goff against the Seahawks. He went three hundred twenty one yards and only one touchdown. Todd Gurley, seventy seven yards and three touchdowns, which is amazing. You also have Robert Woods, 92 yards and zero touchdowns. So it's very clear that Todd Gurley runs, no pun intended, that offense for the Rams. And you also bring up, like, it's a great win overall, especially on the road, you know, for Seattle with, like, the 12th man and all that. Yeah, the the, the 12th man who they had to pay Texas A&M for the rights for. A&M gets so much money from the Seattle Seahawks. It's funny. But, no, no, you're right. Like, Seattle is probably the hardest place to play in the NFL, like, atmosphere-wise. The way the stadium is built, the way their fans come out and support them, it is, by and large, one of the hardest environments to play in. When the Seahawks are good, those fans get rowdy, 
and they wind up, they've caused small earthquakes before. You know? They've registered on the Richter scale. So that's one of the hardest places to play. You're right. Um, you, you mentioned Todd Gurley, 22 carries, 77 yards with three touchdowns. If he continues this trend, right, are we looking at a guy who could lead this this offense no matter what Goff does? Because Jared Goff is good. 321 yards, one touchdown, through two interceptions, though. Are we looking for are we looking at an offense that could rely heavily on the run game but still have a have a deadly passer, right? Is that is that what we're we're, we're seeing here with the Rams? That could be great to see, especially like when you're talking about the run game, talking about the Evanses, you know, going trying to go all the way and win the Super Bowl and all that. That would be great to see cuz it'll be like old-fashioned football you might like reminding of like when the Bears had Matt Forte in his prime. Yeah, or or, or Refrigerator Perry. Right. Where it's, you know, a very big, you know, ground and pound game. So I think I think the question, since both these teams are undefeated, um five games through the season, is this our is this our Super Bowl? Chiefs Rams. Cause to me, both of these teams look unstoppable. So, I I haven't found I haven't found even when the Chiefs were down against the Broncos last week, Patrick Mahomes led the drive, led the call, and you know got them back, got them the win. Rams have never looked you know in doubt. It's always been Rams, you know, in terms of winning their games so far. Taking a look at the Rams schedule for the that's for the rest of the year, you have. This coming week, you're playing in Denver. That's, I mean, if, if the Chiefs can do it, so can the Rams. Denver's not that strong a team. Then you're playing in San Francisco, which I think is winnable. Yeah, the, the, the Niners are not that good. Then you're playing in Los Angeles against the Packers. Yeah, so that, that'll be hard. It's, it's Green Bay. It's, it's going to be hard. But I think with the Rams and what they're doing, I don't. I just can't bet against them this season, you know? Like... Yes, it's the Packers, and the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. It's, they're just they're so always so good. No matter how bad it gets, they are still good, right? Then you're playing against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. In New Orleans, that's going to be a toss-up, but I, I think I think the Rams are probably still okay. Then Saints you're playing are, Saints in are Los good. Angeles to play the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, that'll be fine. Then you're playing at home against the Chiefs. Oh, really? They're playing... They're playing a home game against Kansas City. November 19th. Holy cow. Okay, so at, at that point in the season, we could be having our prelude to the prelude to the Super Bowl. Honestly, depending how things go. You know? Depending on that week goes, you have a bye week in Denver in excuse me, not Denver, Detroit. Oh, that'll be fine. Detroit in sucks. Chicago. Ooh. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack might be able to have might be able to have some fun with Patrick Mahomes. That's gonna be interesting. This is the Rams schedule. Yeah, I know, I know. You said in Chicago, right? Yes. So Khalil, oh yeah, so Jared Goff, I mean, yeah, so so Khalil Mack and Jared Goff. That that's an interesting little little storyline there. They're Bears, playing. Bears defense has been stellar. They are playing against the reigning Super Bowl champions in Los Angeles. So so Eagles. 
in Los Angeles. Eagles are having a, an abysmal year so far. Two and three, haven't been able to get off the ground. JHIE out for the season. I, 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 I think that's a Rams win, honestly. Then the finish off the year is in Arizona, then at home against the 49ers. Which are both wins, frankly. This this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting to see how this whole thing pans out because I honestly there's so many games where I just I can't bet against the Rams there you know like they've been so good they've been so good so the Rams could possibly be undefeated going to Kansas City I don't think they'll be undefeated uh, going into their game against Kansas City yeah yeah that's because that's that's poor they play any like huge teams right. So now let's take a look at the Kansas City schedule. So this next week they're playing in New England. Oh, that's that's gonna be tough. That might be that might be loss number one for Kansas City. Then they're playing at home at Arrowhead against the Bengals. That should be fine. Bengals are not that good. Well, they're they're first in the AFC North, so I retract my statement. They're four and one, but the AFC North is frankly pretty weak. Then you're playing, the Broncos are coming at Kansas City. I think that should be okay for the Chiefs. They shouldn't have to worry about that too much. The Chiefs are going to the Browns. Chiefs are going to the Browns. Ooh. You know, I'd say it's a foregone conclusion, but uh, nowadays you can't say that anymore. <laughs> and then it's Arizona coming into Arrowhead. That should be fine. Then it's the Los Angeles game. Yep. There's, there's a strong possibility that the Chiefs lose to the Pats simply because it's Brady. Though, to be fair... This is a very weird Patriots season. One of the weirdest I've ever seen, where the Patriots just aren't the hype that I would give them, you know? Like, yes, it's New England, so you always have to respect New England. They're first in their division. But they're tied on record with Miami, right? And frankly, it's just, they're, not, they're not very stellar they're ninth in the league in points per game, 23rd in yards, 21st in passing yards, 14th in rushing yards. I mean, it's it's good, but I'm not going to say it's stellar. They lost to Detroit in Detroit. Gronk is still questionable. I mean, Brady's gone 179 attempts, 121 completions for almost almost tw- almost 1300 yards. He had 12 touchdowns. It's nice. It's good. But this this team is not what it usually is. You know, this team is different. This pa- this Patriots team seems like something is off. You know, when you when you get beat by Jacksonville by eleven points, when you get beat by Detroit by sixteen, this is not the Patriots team we're used to. They nearly got beaten by the Texans. That game was that game was incredibly close. Seven point seven point win. Texans were in it the whole time. You know, you, you got to give respect to Houston there. But I don't think it's too much to worry because it was either two years ago or three years ago that the Patriots were statistically the the worst defense in the NFL from like week. Three to like week fourteen, they were supposed to be the worst defense in the NFL, and they went on to play in the Super Bowl. Fair enough, and, and you know, and maybe maybe we, we we doubt the Patriots because they're not you know burning teams up like they usually are, and they're not undefeated. 
But once again, you know, as I said before, you got to respect the Pats. Got to respect Tom Brady. That's it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to win that game. I'll say it again. But I think the Chiefs might have a chance more than more so than usual. I still think that the Pats will probably win that football game, but the Chiefs have more of a chance than usual. But we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about baseball, all things baseball. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Curtis, and I'm so glad that I've got my own, you know, so glad that I can see. I've got a natural high. The man can't put no thing on me, and he can't put no thing on you either. Keep your nose clean. Don't be no junkie. Remember, Freddy's dead. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. Ball don't lie. (laughs) Straight up. Give it to us. Ball don't lie and neither do we. Catch Ball Don't Lie every Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1. With me, Anthony Dean, Derek McKinney, and Connor McKinn. Uh, Wallace picks up two quick technicals. Ball Don't Lie! That Ball Don't Lie. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Live online as well at KCOU.FM. And Cole, we've had quite the postseason in, in baseball. Quite the postseason. Um, the, the Cubs sat down and lost to the Rockies in the wild card for the NL. The, uh, the A's did the, did the honor against the Yanks and sat down and got their butts whooped in the AL wild card to set up some very intriguing divisional series that have some of them have already most of them have already wrapped up. Uh, we were, were only waiting on one more series to finish, and that's Red Sox Yankees. And last night, my God, the Yankees should have thrown the towel around the fifth inning because Boston wound up winning sixteen to one. In the postseason. In baseball. What in the world happened? This is one game, but we did have that question going to the show when we were predicting our bracket and everything, saying that just because you're a great regular season team, can you contribute and have the same production in the postseason? And clearly, clearly the Yankees could not. 16-1 in the postseason? That's showing that you're the best team in the MLB. Yeah, that that I've I've been saying it for a while. You know, I love my Astros. You know, grow, growing up loving my Astros, but the the Red Sox are not just the best team in the AL. The Red Sox are the best team in MLB. Um, it's 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 there's there's no there's no you know you just can't argue with that. When you demolish teams 16 to 1, a Yankees team, a Yankees team that put up some numbers in the regular season. You know, they guys like Aaron Judge who, you know, are leading the postseason in home runs with 3. I that that is he's not leading. He's tied with George Springer. Um I I'm just, the the MLB.com has him listed as postseason leader. I'm like he's he's not. 
George, my 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 boy George is is up with three. Smack two yesterday against the Indians. But so I'm just I'm willing to believe that the Red Sox are the big deal. Um and I'm willing to believe that after after what happened last night, you know, we've got game four on tap. That's that's you know coming up today at you know seven o'clock, right? I'm willing to believe that despite this game being played in the Bronx, the Red Sox are going to win the series tonight. I think that the I think the divisional rounds are over, and I think that uh, I think it's time to get ready for the ALCS. It's going to be a rematch of last year's ALDS because the Red Sox are going to be playing the Astros again. Um, and this is where things get interesting because, you know, before this week, um, I would have told you that Red Sox would probably come out on top on this series, right? I would have told you that. But then the Astros proceeded to Convincingly, might I add, sweep the Indians. They destroyed the Indians in game one. It was close in game two. The Astros had to come back, but come back they did, right? And wound up winning quite convincingly once again. I believe it was seven to two, the final score of that, you know, of that last game, right? So then you go into the first game in Cleveland, and you think, oh, Cleveland's Cleveland's got some fight. They'll fight back. Maybe they can pull one back in this series. Nah, fam. 11-3 to for the Astros. Could have been more. They left multiple guys on the bases, right? They, they left the bases loaded multiple times. This this thing could have gotten ugly. This could have been like 20-2 to at some point, you know? They, the Astros were merciful, um, mostly because of a, you know, subpar hitting performance from Yuli Gurriel and uh, and Brian McCann. But, um, you know, overall, overall, the Astros were stellar once again against the Indians. And this is, this is a, a trend, might I add. Um, they, you know, it's, it's been all, it's been all Strohs, you know, game, 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 game one, they, they won seven to two game two. They won three to one. Had to come back in game two. They did it. They did what they needed to do at home and won that and won that game. And then, for the most part, until the uh, until the seventh inning, the Astros were actually down two to one in this baseball game. They had to come back once again and proceeded to get nine runs in two innings. This is a team that is so strong when they get under it. It's it's it reminds me so much of last season where. You know, when the Astros started getting runs, they they just came. It was it was just continuous stream of runs and winning and good things. If you're an Astros fan, right? So I just, I, I want to say it out loud because if I don't say it out loud, I'm gonna keep it bottled up and I'm gonna regret it. And if it does happen, you know, I I won't be able to say that I told you so, right? I won't be able to say it. The Houston Astros are going to be back-to-back World Series champions. I'm saying that right now, wholeheartedly, both both heart and head agreeing, looking at the numbers, Alex Bregman batting 556 in the postseason, has is leading the postseason in runs. 
well, tied with Aaron Judge, but Aaron Judge is about to be out of contention because the Yankees are about to be eliminated. George Springer tied with Judge on home runs this season. The team is getting, you know, getting under it. Correa is finally getting back on his grind. Had a three-run home run last night. Guriel, who was having a terrible game, ended with a double, right? Ended with a hit. So, you know, he gets a he gets something out of the game. Astros have their swagger back. They got the runs pouring in. I think this is it, man. I think this is once again the year. And it's crazy to say that. I believe the World Series is going to be Astros Brewers, which is a rematch of when the Astros played in the NL Central. Fun little fact for you there. Um, and I believe that the Astros are going to win the World Series once again. I think they'll win it in six games. So you think the Brew Crew is legit and they're going to beat I think the Dodgers the Bre- in the championship I think Yelich is legit. I think the Brew Crew wins in the championship series, but I think it goes seven. Um, I, th- I think this this series is crazy to think, but I think the Bre- the Brewers have more to offer than we expected at the beginning of the year. But yeah, I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I believe the Astros are going to win a World Series this year. Again. Um, do you have any counterpoint? I think you have to consider... Whoever wins the Boston Yankees series, it's probably going to be Boston. They're probably going to wrap it up tonight. Then it's Houston and Boston. A a, a series that we saw last year and a series in which Houston won. You could argue that was a different Boston team last year. You could, you could. But but honestly, aside from offensive production, it's the same players. You know? Like, it's pretty much the same players that Boston's bringing back this season. I'm trying to find, and this might take, uh, this, this, it would take a while to find, but I want to find how many times the Astros and Red Sox played in the regular season and see what the record was. All right, let's let's Google that. Astros versus Red Sox regular season. Then the NL, you have the Dodgers and the Brewers currently at the championship series, which I, we did, both did not expect the Dodgers to beat the Braves in a 3-1 to series in a division. I didn't think it would be 3-1. to I thought the Braves would make it more. I thought it would go 5. Um, did, did we have the Braves going through? Well, darn. So I can't, I can't say that. I thought the Dodgers would win. Um, I thought the Braves had more more spunk than they did. I thought that, uh, I thought that Acuna was going to... Uh, was going to go off. And frankly, he did. He had a grand slam in game two. But it really didn't matter. Um, well, I'm looking now. In the regular season, the Astros and Red Sox played six times. Um, interesting little tidbit about that. It is pretty much dead even. Astros won the first one 7-3. to three. Red Sox won the next one 5-4. to four. Then the Red Sox won 9-3. to three. The Astros then won six to three, then five to three, and then the Red Sox won the last one five to six. Most of these are close games, right? Um, the Red Sox actually won the series against the Astros when they were in Minute Maid, 
and the Astros won when they were in Boston. Um, it's split. the The series is split three and three. Um, nothing to, nothing between these guys, right? So at least in the regular season, the Astros have held true, and you know these these teams are even. So it's not like it's not like we can say that the Red Sox had the upper hand in the regular season because they clearly did not, right? So these are two even teams going in here in the ALCS. Sox have had to play an extra game. If by some miracle the Yankees get their stuff together tonight and force a game five, right? Then the Sox will have to play a fifth game. So you know they'll, they'll be playing two extra games. That's two pitchers that are on you know limited rest. They're not going to be able to play their ace, probably, right? Meanwhile, Strohs have five games. They're going to start game one with Verlander, right? They're going to have the same rotation they did against Cleveland because all of those guys have five days of rest under the belt. No matter when you pitch, you have five days of rest, you are ready for another start, right? So, theoretically, I mean, the Astros have a better rotation going into this going into this series, you know? They're probably going to do the same thing, Verlander, Cole, Keuchel, right? And maybe Verlander on limited rest. Um, this could, this could be the Astros series, frankly. And I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say the Astros won the World Series this year. But we're running out of time, so one more thought before you go: Who do you think wins the World Series this season? Well, it's considering the Cubs are eliminated, I guess I'll ride with the Astros train <laughs> by convincingly. But you bring up, we have a few minutes in the show, and one more thing to talk about since we are on this campus. Mizzou is going into Alabama on their homecoming game. We're dead. Alabama is currently a 28.5 favorite. ESPN predicts 93% win for Alabama. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with it. Um, thank you, ESPN, for confirming what I believed. Uh, we are we are dead in the water. Um, it is the season is kaput. Um, the the uh, the Tigers are going to have to find a way to uh, to win a different game because they're not winning this one. Mizzou gets twenty eight points a game. Alabama gets that in the first half. Yes, um, and that's and that's why we're dead. And I'm going up to Tuscaloosa to watch this game. So. Oh, you're heading down there? Yes. All righty, good for you. So, um, could be an upset. Hey, you might be you might be watching one of the saddest games of your life. I mean, I watched the Purdue and Auburn game, so nothing will really sad me, honestly. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. But anyway. So, what's your score prediction? Score prediction for Mizzou Bama. Um. Well, let's see. What was the score that Mizzou put on A&M? It was like 40-something to 14 or something. A&M didn't get numbers at all. Um, let me let me check it um, just to, you know, so I don't give you false information. So Texas A&M, ranked 22 in the nation now, might I, might I remind you. Lost to Alabama 45 to 23. So I believe that the final score of the Mizzou-Alabama game Based on Alabama beating AM 45 to 23, will be 49 to 13 in favor of Alabama. I think Tucker McCann will have a field goal that is blocked, or an extra point that is blocked. Now comes my prediction. 
part of me wants to play devil's advocate and say that Mizzou pulls off the biggest upset in college football. I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm saying Mizzou's going to pull off the biggest upset in college football. No one expected Old Dominion to beat Virginia Tech. Mizzou's beating Bama this weekend. And and with that with that thought straight out of you know straight out of Cole's latest LSD trip, we will end our show. Um, but thank you for in all seriousness, in all seriousness, thanks for tuning in once again to KNC Sports. We always love doing this show for you, so hope you enjoy it when we do it. Uh, we are on once again every Tuesday eight to nine here on KCOU eighty eight point one. FM Columbia. We're online at KCOU.FM. Tune in next time as we break down everything that went on in the sporting world. But for now, have a wonderful rest of your week. Have a wonderful Tuesday and have a great week of sports. Hi, I'm Theron Denson, the Black Diamond, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia.